Hey everybody and welcome to week two of our Advent series of the Memento Podcast. See here at Washington Avenue Christian Church, we understand that sometimes we forget who we are, and sometimes we forget what we're supposed to do, and sometimes we even forget what we talked about on Sunday morning. So our Memento Podcast here is uh, designed to remind you of who you are and what you're supposed to do and what we talked about on Sunday morning. And this is week two of our Advent series, like I discussed, and Christmas is here in full force. Now, um, I don't know about you guys, but um, I've found that I'm much more excited about Christmas than I've been in a really long time. And maybe that's because I have a daughter who's two and is conscious of Christmas for the first time. And she loves to go out in our front yard every night and look at our Christy Yites. And um, she's really mad when the Christy Yites aren't turned on yet. Um, And she loves it when they are turned on. She doesn't understand quite what the Christmas tree is. She just also calls them Chrissa Yites. Um, and so we've been working on that. But um, we have two trees in our house, and um, one of them is just, well, they're, I guess they're both for decoration. That's a silly thing to say. But one of them is in our front window, and then our family tree is in the back of the house. And uh, Janessa has her own little ornaments, and she redecorates the Christmas tree every single day, the little section that she can reach. And so her Olaf and Elsa and Grinch and uh, Snoopy ornaments get rearranged every day. And that's an exciting thing to come home and find. And um, I'm not telling you that for any particular reason that has to do with this podcast, other than hopefully you're um, excited about Christmas too. And I don't know why um, I got to a, a, a season where I wasn't as excited about Christmas. I don't know what that was, but I'm thankful that I have a daughter who is reminding me of how exciting and joyful this time can be. And um, yeah, it's been really, really fun this year. So hopefully you're finding uh, joy in, in the season as well. Um, and if you're not, then maybe I could recommend to you like viewing Christmas through the eyes of a two-year-old because it's really, really fun. So um, like I said earlier, we're in week two of our Advent Christmas series. And um, in our lighting of the candles, um, last week we had the uh, candle of prophecy, and, and this week was the Bethlehem candle. And so what I want for us to do a little bit today is just to talk about the town of Bethlehem. Um, if you could even call it a town, I don't know. You can decide that later on. Um, but I just want to share with you a little bit of the history of Bethlehem and the meaning behind the name Bethlehem, which Jim kind of touched on, and then um, read some texts together about Jerusalem and maybe draw some points out of it. Um, So I think what we'll do first is uh, just read the text, and then I'll give you some history, and we'll go from there. So here um, is the text that Jim uh, started us off with on Sunday for the second week of Advent. It's in the book of Micah, which is towards the back of your Old Testament, which is you know, about three quarters of the way through your Bible. If you hit Amos, you're almost there. And if you hit Zephaniah or Nahum, you've passed it. So right between there. And if you don't know where any of those books are, that's okay. There's a table of contents at the beginning of your Bible. Don't be ashamed to go and look up the page number and turn right to it. It might save you excessive flipping. And if you're on a digital device, it's even easier than that. Anyway, here we go. Micah chapter five, starting in verse two. But you... O Bethlehem Ephaphtharach, I don't know what that means, don't ask, 
who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. When Assyrian, uh, when the Assyrian comes into our land and leads us into and treads in our palaces, then we will raise against him seven shepherds and eight princes of men. We're going to stop there because it gets wild and confusing, and I don't really know what's happening there. Um, let me tell you a little bit about the city, again, if you can call, call it a city or a town, of Bethlehem. It's very, very old. Um, the first written reference that we have to Bethlehem comes from ancient Assyrian documents that date all the way back to the 1400s BC, like 1400 BC, like 1,400 years before Jesus. And uh, this general is writing to the Egyptian Pharaoh at the time. And he's like, yo, Pharaoh, they stole, this little clan rose up and they stole your land, uh, this little city, Bethlehem is how it's pronounced there. He says, you should send your archers to come take it back so that your name can be glorified and people won't tread on your name anymore. So come take your city back. That's the first written reference that we have to Bethlehem, um, later Bethlehem. But here's, here's something cool that I found um, as I was preparing for this. Uh, Jim mentioned on Sunday that um, the name Bethlehem has two meanings, right? Um, in, in uh, I forget the languages, so don't hold this against me, but in, in Aramaic, I believe, uh, it means the house of bread. And in Hebrew, it means the house of flesh. But if I flip-flop those, then uh, don't get too mad at me. But in, in one language, it means the house of bread. In one, it means the house of flesh. Um, and I, I just learned this like today as I was preparing for this, but the, uh, the, the town of Bethlehem was established to be an altar to an ancient, I believe, Assyrian goddess of fertility, right? So um, it was designed to be like honoring her. Um, and you know how the ancient world works is there was gods and goddesses for everything because we couldn't really explain very much. And so like, well, we reproduce, there must be something behind that. Let's give that a god or a goddess, usually goddess because the women are the ones doing the brunt of the work in reproduction processes, right? And so it's the goddess of fertility and her name was Techerim or something like that with the phlegm. Um, and that doesn't matter, but, but Bethlehem was established to be an, an, a, a, an, an altar and a place for her to be worshiped, which is really ironic to me because like, it, she's the goddess of fertility and reproduction, but Bethlehem never really amounted to very much of anything. So like this town that they used to honor reproduction and growth uh, wasn't very reproductive and didn't grow very much at all. Um, and uh, you're not going to find any of that in the Bible. It, you just have to look in other history, 
history places uh, to find that. But Bethlehem is found biblically um, as, as, as far back. I kind of thought, uh, and, uh, again, up until today, that Bethlehem only uh, was centered around uh, David. That's where David was from. That's why it's called the city of David. But actually, Bethlehem traces all the way back to Abraham and the plot of land that, that Abraham buried Sarah was Bethlehem. And the fields where Ruth and Boaz met and worked together was Bethlehem, right outside of Bethlehem. And so Bethlehem has this long biblical history of significant things happening in it, right? Abraham grieves the loss of his wife there in Bethlehem. And, and, and Ruth meets her husband. She, she um, enters into, literally enters into the, the, the lineage and the genealogy of Jesus in the city of Bethlehem, right? Um, which to me is crazy and awesome. And then of course we know about David and how Jesus is from the line of David. So it's not just that like Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but like Jesus's entire family roots all the way back, go to Bethlehem, which to me is pretty incredible, right? Um, it says, you are too little to be among the clans of Judah, but from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be the ruler of Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from the ancient of days. And I, I love that line because that just reminds us that like this coming Messiah figure, this Jesus who's coming to save us out of Bethlehem, he's been planned. It's, it's from the beginning of time. Jim reminded us that in Revelation, uh, John says that uh, the, the Lamb of God was slain from um, before time began, right? And we know that the first messianic promise, the the tetra, nope, not the tetragrammaton, that's the name for Yahweh in the Hebrew, but the proto-evangelion or euangelion, the first good news is in Genesis chapter three. Like as soon as the sin is committed, as soon as sin enters into the world, God initiates his plan to fix it whose coming is from of old, from the ancient of days. He will give them um, up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth, when the rest of his brothers shall return and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. Man, Bethlehem is such an incredible place. Um, it's such an incredible little city because of the history that's tied to it. David, the shepherd who becomes the king, who rules God's people, and Jesus, the good shepherd who becomes king, who rules all people. Both of these men coming from this little town of Bethlehem. I want to go back uh, because as I was thinking about this today, um, especially whenever I read about it being built as an honor um, and the city being established as an altar, as a tribute, as a, as a temple, really, to this goddess of fertility and new life. Like, how wild and cool is it that God brought about the answer to death 
right? The answer to the question of what happens to humans and what are we here for? And he initiated eternal life for those of us who are in his family in the birth of Jesus in the city of Bethlehem, which was initially established and built to be the center of the worship of the goddess of fertility. And I'm not connecting like God with this goddess of fertility or anything like that, but I'm just thinking like how cool it is that God uses even broken and twisted things for his good and for his glory in in the same purpose. Like God said, oh, you want this to be the center of new life? Well, let me show you exactly what that means. And to me, that's just really, really cool that, uh, that God would do that. Jim reminded us in, uh, in his conclusion on Sunday that, man, God delights in little people and little places. And he just reflected on this, this little teenage girl, Mary, who's probably scared out of her minds. And this, this, this old man, Joseph, who um, has no idea what in the world he's doing or what in the world is going on, but is just faithful. And he keeps saying, yes, here's the thing about Joseph. And we'll probably talk about this in, a, in, in the next couple of weeks somewhere along the way. But Joseph never says a word in the Bible, right? And obviously not the Joseph that we spent all summer talking about, but Joseph, the father of Jesus, is never quoted in the Bible, right? We only get like a second or third hand like narration of his life. We don't ever get like, what he said. He just like moves and does the next thing. He doesn't ask any questions. He literally never says a word in our Bible. And yet through his actions, we know that he said yes, not just to being faithful to Mary, but also to raising God's son. God delights in little people like Mary and Joseph, and he delights in little places like Bethlehem, who from from history, almost incountable, 1400 plus years before this moment of Jesus' birth has been on the map and was established as a reminder to the people of new life. And God chooses to bring forth his new life out of the city of Bethlehem. That's a really, really incredible thing. So here's the takeaway that I want us to hold on to today is that God delights in little people and he delights in little places, but he delights in those little people in little places to execute his big plans, right? So in this Christmas season, what, what might your role be in God's big plans? I'm just a little person and, and, and so are you. And we just live in little old Amarillo, Texas, not known for much of anything, but, but what, what might God want to do in and through you and through me and through Washington Avenue Christian Church for his big plans, right? And we, we've talked about this, like Bethlehem was established as a pagan city, right? It had pagan beginnings, worshiping a pagan god or goddess, and yet God brought, used that as an illustration for what he was doing. He redeemed that. He took that brokenness and he redeemed it with the birth of his son. And so what I want to remind you of is that no matter like who you are or where you've been or what you've done, like God is not, God doesn't care, right? God can take your brokenness. He can take your history and he can bend that 
to his will. Your, your, your situations that you're currently in, your situations that you've, you've been in in the past that you might feel disqualify you from being with God, from following God, from being used by God, qualify you, right? <laughs> For those plans, right? God, God knows everything that has ever happened to you, everything that ever will happen to you. And he still desires and longs for you to be a part of his story because he delights in little people and little places and using those for his big story. So my, what I want to leave you with today is just th- to think about what that might be and what that might look like for you. Hopefully you come with some really clear answers and, and, and maybe it just starts you to think about what might be. Um, in the future as we head into a brand new year together as well. Thank you so much for, ju- for uh, joining us today in uh, episode two of our Advent podcast from Memento. Um, if you enjoyed what you heard and you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to us and follow us. Um, you can do that on YouTube or on wherever you get your podcasts from. Hit the notification, um, the bell or the thumbs up or whatever it is so that you can be notified when these drop every Thursday morning, right around six o'clock. Um, but get that notification so that you don't miss an episode. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. We love you.